Welcome to this episode of Black Mental Matters Podcast. How you doing? I'm Vince DeVoice Bailey, your host, where we talk about mental health and mental health specifically, not exclusively, but specifically in the black community. We want to look, feel, think, act well. And that's what uh, mental health is all about. It, it determines how we think, feel, and act. and has a direct effect on how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. And, you know, I struggle with it. And I know you struggle with it. And there's a reason why. And you'd be surprised to find out that, no, it's not just you. It's it's a lot of us where you're not alone. And uh, there's uh, some real deep-seated reasonings and things that have happened over the years that make us feel a certain way. So today, we're going to have some self-help. Uh, help. <laughs> yeah, some self-help help for people and uh, what that self-help means. So, so glad to have you. Let's get well. It's Black Mental Matters. Starts now. Makiba Reed Johnson has been a health and wellness educator for almost two decades now, and uh, she uh, began teaching wellness and got her master's degree in public health. She's an ambassador, American wellness ambassador, and an advocate for mental health and awareness, and it's such a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, it's Makiba Reed Johnson! <laughs> Thank you, Vince. Thanks. It's great to be here. Great I'm excited about this. Me, me, and me. Boy, you can't, uh, I can't tell you how much uh, I am as well. And just uh, let folks know, Makiba and I, we met, uh, we were just talking about 2012 when you were in a boxing ring of all places. We'll get to that a little bit right. later. But uh, so you're definitely a champion uh, as it relates to uh, self-care for folks. And uh, so, so let's talk about your, your, your journey in this world of mental health. Sure. Um, So I've been an advocate of um, black mental health or uh, mental health awareness for about 10, 15 years now. Mm. Um, And it just kind of started with me becoming more and more aware of what I was deficient in. Mm -hmm. um, Apart from, you know, getting the education, you know, getting the career and then still feeling a sense of, okay, there's something really missing and there's something um, that I'm not addressing. And I still have, you know, all these, I don't want to call them holes, but unresolved issues Mm -hmm. that I just didn't know what they were, Mm -hmm. um, didn't have a name Mm -hmm. for it and didn't know that there was resolution for it. Um, So with my second master's in public health, I started concentrating more on mental health awareness and started doing some research and um, going over data. And I actually learned that um, black women are almost eight years biologically older than white women because of the stress on our organs. Wow. Because we internalize stress. And that's something that we've been taught to do with the superwoman complex and, you know, the strong black woman. and, it, and it, that even trickles down into black men, mm. you know, with us, you know, telling our young black men that they need to man up. Yeah. You know, they need to be more aggressive. They need to be tough. Um, and me realizing that it's really important to create space mm. and or create spaces where black people can come together and be vulnerable. Yes. Without judgment yes. or without um, stigma. Yes. And you know, be able to talk about things in a safe space where it doesn't leave the room. Yes. Um. Yes. And to be able to open up dialogue on you know what what is this that you know we have you know just the the fact that you know we can't collectively you know look at 
traumatic events. I remember I was in, I think maybe the second or third grade when Roots came out. Okay. And I was in a predominantly um, white Christian private school. Okay. And I remember watching it with my family and it was it was traumatic yes. and there was a lot of anger yes um with my family when we were watching it but we didn't talk about it right so then the next day i think myself my brother and maybe there are two other blacks in the school we were off mm. that next day and we didn't know what how, that was about. What that about. was about, how to process yeah. that, how to deal with that. And, and, and on the flip side, other folks don't know how to deal with it either. Exactly. Like, you see that last night? And But it was real. And that is, um, you know, you, you, you said the word uh, vulnerability. And, and, and we look back at, at history as what has happened and everything. We don't want to acknowledge the the sin of America, that, that terrible thing of slavery and discrimination. And unfortunately, it's still going on today. Absolutely. So then. You were able to identify in yourself, but that that's hard when you use the word vulnerability. Uh, that's exactly what it is. It feels like, you know, you just have to be transparent. This is who I am. And But when you are able to do that, boy, doesn't your life get much better? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, there are some growing pains. There's some growing pains. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there, it's a process mm-hmm. and it's a journey. And um, I had to go through a lot to be able to, to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've had two suicide attempts Mm -hmm. in my life Mm -hmm. and, um, I didn't start talking about that until corporate fight night actually. And, um, my first one, I think I was about 15 Mm. and it just, it was just a a thing of just being in the dark and feeling hopeless and, not knowing again what it was, you know, and of course having, you know, upper middle income parents, you know, that had, you know, sacrificed and had made it, quote unquote. And, you know, we're basically looking at me like you have everything, you know, what do you mean? You're quote unquote depressed. Right. Right. So um, it it just was never resolved. And and that's no fault, you know, of, of 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 anyone. It's just that's the cultural trauma and the hurt and the pain that's just kind of passed down to people of color mm-hmm. and because we don't deal with it because we we have so much internalized hurt yes i mean just even growing up in atlanta with you know the missing and murdered children that, that was a message behind that if you are a black child your life is not worth anything wow and we didn't talk about that as a culture, you know, or as a community, we, you know, fought the social justice end of it, but we didn't come together and say, you know, what kind of conversation should be we be having with our kids? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do we open up this dialogue, you know, without feeling like, well, we shouldn't talk about this because this is going to impose more fear, you know, mm-hmm. in our in our black kids, you know, because you know, I mean, this was happening to you know pretty young kids, and I remember, you know, not celebrating a few Halloweens because we we were scared to go outside, outside, you know, but but the messaging behind it was, you know, that you're you are part of a community that is disposable. Mm. And that's just the way that that is. Mm-hmm. You know, as you were talking there, and one of the, I, I think, I, I don't, you can't call it a solution, but uh, I think one of the things that we could be uh, helpful in this quest for us is the ownership, you know, to, to take personal ownership of 
your situation, of your community. These are, you know, our kids. I hear, you know, as you said, you get good parents, um, you know, upper middle class. Uh, but still, that doesn't that doesn't uh, guarantee that everything, you know, flows. And and at times. I was brought to uh, a school here, Hamilton Mill. They were trying to figure out, and I thought they were very uh, smart about this. They they wanted to figure out why the black boys were acting out so much. And their parents' his dad is a supervisor at UPS, and his mom is a doctor, and, yeah. and he's acting like thuglicious here, you know. And <laughs> right. um, you know, so I, I know that there's two two different things, mm-hmm. but that 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 whole sense of uh, ownership, and 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 then it's easier to open up and talk about, you know, the these things and uh god bless i'm so glad you 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 got through that and i i can um you know attest i've had you know immediate family members who also you know committed suicide were actually successful and uh it um you know was uh not only of course traumatic uh for 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 them but for all of us around that loved them and missed them and you know but it today what we are doing is having this therapy session for everyone right now so that they can know that they can come out on the other side and 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 be all right and so when we come back we're going to talk about some of those uh, coping things and things that you did uh to make uh, life better and while we're here today this black mental matters be back in a moment It's Black Mental Matters. I'm your host, Vince The Voice Bailey, and honored today to have with us uh, Makiba Reed Johnson, health and wellness educator, a longtime advocate for uh, mental health and actually physical health as well. In fact, uh, Makiba says that uh, you uh, employ a holistic approach. And so, I mean, this is something that you have to learn. So how did you come to that, that mental, physical and emotional all work together so that you can have this healthy life? Sure. Um, so it was actually when I was doing some research on what anxiety was. Okay. Because that was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've always battled with it since since I was a toddler, mm. actually. So um, what I what I learned, Vince, was that um, the human body has just a natural response to a threat or to fear. So. Um, if you think about when we were back in villages okay. and there would be some type of external threat, like a lion was in between us and a food source, the fear of that um, lion would be imprinted upon us so that we would be more careful and mm-hmm. we would mm-hmm. be able to protect ourselves, um, take action to be able to survive. What what happens in a highly industrialized civilization like the one that we're in where we're in nice houses you yeah. know we're not in the middle of a war right. um, is that we are st- we still have that response mm. um, when you look at some of the data on how animals respond to, to stress like say you know you're out on the African plain and you are observing an antelope being chased by a lion mm-hmm. um, that in that moment that antelope is um, you know, highly stressed, um, you know, heart Heart's is racing, right. blood's pumping, exactly. eyes bulging out. Yes. yes. Adrenaline is flowing. Yes. Um, mind is racing and it is trying to survive in that moment. Okay. Um, in the animal kingdom, as soon as that animal is safe, it automatically defaults back into a restful 
peaceful mm. state. Okay. Um, it automatically, you know, will find its, you know, group of other like animals. It will, you know, go to its watering hole. It will rest. Um, humans, on the other hand, mm. when we are threatened with whatever it is, whatever trauma that we are threatened by, we are reliving it for days, wow. months, years, decades, wow. on and on and on, and we never let it go. Wow. And when you think about letting it go, like that's different from those types of external stressors, you know, like, you know, financial stress or, you know, just things like Something, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Career stresses. Yeah, right. It's just yeah. it's ongoing, just like animals out in the animal kingdom. When you look at that type of stress and then you look at, you know, stress of, um, you know, being a suicide survivor, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a trauma mm -hmm. of being a um, sexual assault survivor. Mm -hmm. That's a trauma mm -hmm. that every time you think about a trauma, your body does not know that that trauma is, not is over. Is, oh, wow. So every time you think about it, your body is reliving it. And you are re-traumatizing yourself over and over and over again. And there is the reason why, you know, your organs are, are stressed. Your blood pressure is up. Cholesterol levels are up. You're having migraines. You can't sleep at night. Um, you're self-soothing. You know, almost everybody has a self-soothing mechanism you know Whether for some people medication it's drugs, alcohol that's exactly right. yeah. sex wow you know making a lot of purchases we all have something that we use to try to you know make ourselves feel better with the pain that we're trying to deal with but the thing is that if we don't start having the conversations about it we are continuously reliving and re-traumatizing ourselves and our bodies don't know that the threat is not immediate anymore and those are why black people have the health implications that we do and the health disparities that we do that other races don't have is is part in part because of that because we are reliving trauma and mm. it's not because it, it's something that's indicative of just you know people of color you know we are watching on the news you All know police brutality against All people of color yes. and then there's no resolution and that again sends the message of you are worthless you know you're disposable Can't you're not go important to the store, don't do anything Exactly. You said something. Well, you said a lot right there, uh, Makiba. Uh, first of all, that was a great analogy. I could picture that antelope, and then he'd get to the water. Oh, woo, Mufasa, Mufasa didn't give me the day. <laughs> you know, right. Give me some of that water. Uh, <laughs> but, but as you said earlier uh, in the, in your research, that black women's eight years physically, I mean physically older. Yes. Because of these stressors, these things that, that you were just speaking of, that is right. amazing. It is. And, you know, we're always looking at ourselves on the outside. Right. You know, so our mantra, well, black don't crack. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, Ooh, it cracks on the, the inside. inside. Exactly. And, oh. and that's why what you're doing, Vince, is so important mm. in bringing awareness to this, mm. because we believe that we're invincible. Yes. Because, you know, of who we are as a people and we've overcome so much and you know, we have this great black president and we've got Wakanda and Black Panther and we've got, you know, Maxine Waters. We've got all these people that we, you know, kind of hold up to say, hey, you know, we have made it. We're, you know, we're fighting. We're, mm -hmm. we're going to make it. But we're not looking at the internal stuff mm -hmm. and the internal damage. And we're not looking at why we've got 
the health disparities. Um, in conjunction with that, with mental health, you know that there's a long list of psychotropic medications that are available to persons with depression, bipolar mm-hmm. disorder, mm-hmm. generalized anxiety. We're not a part of the research. Mm. So what's happening, like you mentioned, you know, black boys being, you know, overly aggressive or being perceived as being overly aggressive in school. Yes. Um, they are quickly put on medication. Right. Ritalin and exactly. all this. And Adderall and all right. these things. Yes. yes. And we've, we've now found out through data that those medication dosages don't fit black people that mm. a the dosage that would normally be prescribed for you know say a you know black male that's 175 pounds that it's too much medication wow. oh but we don't know that until we prescribe it because we're not in the research and we're not in the research because we don't volunteer right. for research studies oh, because no. we don't trust it. Clinical trial, you crazy. Uh, to, the Tuskegee I'm not, experiment. To, to Tuskegee, what? right, right, right. <laughs> oh, so many stories. Uh, uh, the, the Guava Islands uh, back in the day where they put them out there yes. and, 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 and the, the man that discovered uh, or they attributed with uh, chemotherapy, he was actually experimenting on a bunch of folks with stuff that, uh, you know, if it kills cancer, you know it kill a lot of yeah. stuff. Yes. Uh, Rhodes, who I think it was his name, and I, so I mean, yes. it's but that adds up to what you're talking about right there. I mean, and you know you're sick, but I ain't going to that doctor because right. I don't know what he giving me and what he doing. Exactly, you know, um, right. And then on top of that is you know at a time they'll say, oh, this is the wonder pill right here. Two years later, ooh, if you was taking that pill, you need to uh, stop immediately. Class action lawsuit. Yeah, right. yeah. So it is such a for me in everyday life. How so? How do you deal with things? On every day, you know, your job, uh, your relationships at home, if all of this is already going on inside of you, it's it's surprising. And, and I might head off to, to some folks that, that everybody just blowed up. You know, exactly. and just snapped. Right. You know, yes. you know, and black don't crack that way. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, like this recent guy, he just got fired and what? And, right. You know, yeah. If, 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 if black folks was that, the word weak or what is that, boy, mm-hmm. this place would be. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of our problem is because we feel like we can't not be strong. Mm. And that's why the the spaces that we create, they've they've got to be, I don't want to say exclusive, but we need to work on ourselves and not worry about who the president is, mm. what's going on with policy and legislation. We need to do some work within ourselves and kind of put everything else on on pause. Mm. Um, I did some work at a college where um, I would do self-care days for revolutionaries mm. because I was finding that college students in particular, the younger generation, I think they're called iGen, mm-hmm. um, that are out there protesting mm-hmm. and are on the front lines, yeah. that they have a higher need of self-care than your average person wow. because they're out there pouring Given out Exactly. And they have their own unresolved trauma Mm. that they're not even addressing. And part of their self-care is they know that doing something for someone else feels good. So that's why they're out there doing it. But they don't realize that that's part of that whole trauma cycle of, okay, I'm going to do something because I feel like I'm accomplishing something and this makes me feel good, Mm. but I'm still not addressing 
why there's something or what this thing is in me that needs healing. When they get back to their apartment or their dorm room and it's quiet and it's still, yeah, boy, we're talking today with uh, Makiba Reed uh, Johnson, health and wellness educator, just a wonderful lady. We're going to take a pause and when we come back, uh, Makiba, let's 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 uh, try to give some uh, some things that people can do to begin their self care uh, right along with us. This is Black Mental Matters. Black Mental Matters. I'm your host, Vince the Voice Bailey, again today. What a great day with Makiba Reed Johnson, health and wellness educator, big advocate uh, for mental health and uh, spiritual health and physical health. You just everything. You just <laughs> get to <laughs> trying to get these folks uh, straight and, you know, self care uh, expert. And so, someone that's listening here, um, what, what are some of the things that they can do? for themselves that can help them have better mental health outcome. Yeah. So one of the first things that everyone needs to do is to establish what I call um, self-care protocols. Okay. Um, so what happens with self-care is that most people wait until they're just kind of at the breaking point mm. and then they'll, you know, either go into therapy or start an exercise routine or, you know, do, you know, some type of self-care retreat, you know, mm. bath bomb stuff like that. Um, but what everybody needs is like a list of things to do on a regular basis, like something that you do daily, mm -hmm. something that you do weekly, mm -hmm. something that you do monthly. Mm -hmm. um, for me, um, I swim. I swim a lot. Um, I exercise every day. Mm -hmm. um, what helps me personally is um, my brother got me into this. Um, I get up at four. Wow. And that that, that kind of rips me out of the clause of depression because mm. when I sleep in, I have a harder time getting mm, my I, day started. So that's why you uh, text me at 422. <laughs> I left you. <laughs> I know. But I was glad to see okay, it. Good. <laughs> right. But no, that's a good, that's a good uh, technique. Get up mm -hmm. early and just get it started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, what I do in the morning is before I go exercise, I have just time to be still. Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of reading. I meditate. Um, a lot of people throw around the, the terminology or the word meditate, but that's something that you need to do every day. Mm -hmm. um, I actually started exploring this when I started ex exploring sound environments and when I became a certified um, vibrational sound therapist. Mm -hmm is the importance of listening to the sound of silence and mm. listening to stillness. And what has happened with, especially with people that deal with a, a lot of stress, is that we are so overstimulated Over with That's right. visual stuff. Yes. You know, Instagram, yeah. if you've got more than three or four sentences, nobody's going to read it. They want to look at the picture. <laughs> keep it and moving. Yes, and yeah. they just want to keep going. Right. Um, movies are trying to outdo themselves every summer. 3D IMAX, right. 4D, wow. you know, the huge screens, the surround, surround sound, the Dolby sound, sound. Yes. everything is really, really pulling at our auditory senses. Mm. And they've done some research in Germany on sound environments and 
former soldiers that were dealing with PTSD, and they're finding that when they start submerging people into sounds of nature and then looking at the biofeedback, that, you know, the brainwave patterns start to change, that there's a calming nature that's very similar to medication. Mm. And that's what we're trying to now kind of start employing here in the West is using the power of sound. Um, A lot of people now have apps, you know, where you can listen to the sounds of nature. One of the biggest problems is um, people just aren't paying attention to sound because everything is is visual. But if you take time to actually sit and listen to, you know, the sounds in your backyard or even sit and listen to the quiet in your house. Birds chirping. Yes. And and, uh, I forget the correct uh, terminology there. It's huge right now where people listen to others just whisper or eat. Yes. I'm like, what? (laughs) And and, and this video that's titled has 2 million (laughs) subscribers, let alone views. Right. So it is something uh, really so that so so. You say meditation, mm-hmm. so so I know there's some some protocol or some some rules mm-hmm. to that, but just being quiet. Yes, being quiet started. and being in touch with your your inner stillness okay. because everybody's got it, and most people just have not touched mm-hmm. that part of themselves yet because they are so um, distracted by what's external. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on inside of you under that turbulent surface of water that is your stress and your anxiety and your depression. And when you go deep, it's like an ocean mm. that um, you know has waves and currents on the top. The further you go down, the more still it is. And wow. everybody has that. Mm. And when you take time to start accessing that, Mm. you become more aware of your um, lack of need to respond to everything so immediate. And that's where um, intellectual wellness comes from, you know, Mm. being able to deal with situations where you're not automatically just emotionally responding to it, but where Mm. you kind of sit back and you're kind of analyzing a situation before you have a response. That's extremely important. Wow. You know, this also makes you, I worked in uh, radio for years and uh, the music, you know, that uh, is going into your, you know, into our kids' ears, you know, if they're starting their morning out with, hey, girl, you know, all this crazy and then taking that to class. Um, I mean, there's spirits behind everything and, uh, you know, yes. him talking about, you know, what are you going to do to the other dude and other girl of girls and all this kind of stuff? I mean, it's just, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not good uh, uh, input into mm-hmm. your brain, exactly. into your body. And that adds also, I know for a fact that, you know, if it's hot outside and they got it bumping some hardcore rap, you ready to fight somebody because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. it, you know, so, right. so, so this, this uh, sound uh, therapy that you work with, that's, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That is really yeah, interesting. Yeah, it, it is. And they, They've also looked at, and if you pay attention to it, if you go into certain stores, um, they'll be playing a a certain type of music because they've now studied that, you know, that if they play a certain type of music and you're more relaxed, then 
you're more apt to make more purchases. Okay. Um, in some, um, you know, stores that are, you know, more geared towards young people and fashion, they'll have the upbeat hip hop music because, right. you know, the people right. are kind of in there dancing and they're kind of relaxed. I look like relaxed. when I'm in the club. Yes, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, 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 right. But all of that has an impact on the human brain. Does and classical music, is that something good to listen to? Yes. To, to calm you down yes, as well? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. But I really want to put an emphasis on, on natural sound natural because sound, you yes. have access to that wherever you are. Okay. Um, or even just the sound of, of silence. And a great litmus test to that, Vince, is the next time you're, you're in your car, turn your radio off. Mm-hmm. And see how uncomfortable it is to be in that closed space with just your loud mind. Mm. Because that's what you have to start looking at mm. is, what am I thinking about all day? Right. The majority of your thoughts are not positive. Mm. They're not constructive. Mm. And they're repetitive. You're thinking about the same thing over and over and over again. So true. And when you start thinking about what you're thinking about mm. and sort of shining the light of awareness on your thoughts, that's when you start to become more comfortable in silence. That's when you start to um, sort of refine your thinking, which is great when it comes to, you know, increasing your memory, increasing your cognitive skills, um, being able to retain information when you're studying. You spend so much time wasting brain energy on just reckless thoughts that by the time you sit down to study something or read, you're not really retaining it because your mind is tired, because there's an energy output that you put out every time you have a thought or every time that you're thinking about something. And that's why if you look at someone who's deeply in thought, they're not even there. Right. They're 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 watching the movie of their mind. And then if you're thinking about something that's, you know, sad or traumatic, you're reliving it yes. and your body is reliving it. But if you're taking time to be in quiet spaces and, and to start paying attention to, wow, like, what am I thinking about? OK, I'm thinking about the same thing I was thinking about yesterday mm. and the same thing I was thinking about the day before. And I'm mad at my mom for this and I'm mad at this person for this. And why didn't so and so take out the garbage and so and so needs to get a job? You're thinking about stuff that's not productive. Mm. And when you start paying attention to that, you can start, number one, conserving energy for other things. And then number two, when you do sit down and use your brain power, it's more sharp and it's more poignant and you get more out of your mind when you're not just wasting it in reckless, mindless brain activity. Wow. Makiba Reed Johnson. Now you have your marching orders, everyone. To start your self-care journey right now. What powerful message that was. Uh, Makiba, folks can find you on LinkedIn. Uh, that's a good spot. Look her up. Makiba Reed Johnson. Um, and I'm sure that uh, we're going to be hearing a whole lot more because she's definitely passionate and, as you can tell, very effective uh, advice uh, given here today. We appreciate you so much. And we'll see you guys next time here on Black Mental Matters. Have a great one. 